Sometimes, the best stories in golf aren't found on tour. You'll find them at the back of the range. And here's your host, Ben Adelberg. And welcome to the back of the range. I am your host, Ben Adelberg. This is episode 322. I'm out traveling this week, visiting some good friends in the back of the range in the state of Georgia before heading over to the East Lake Cup in Atlanta. I had the amazing fortune to attend the Haskins Foundation dinner this past Tuesday night at the Country Club of Columbus. I was able to catch up with Annika Sornstam, who hosted a junior clinic for some local golfers. It even caught up with Ben Carr, who is a member at the club, and I believe still holds the course record. Country Club of Columbus is a pretty special place. It's an old Donald Ross design squeezed into less than 100 acres. And while it absolutely has a collection of old cronies hanging on the range, it also has guys like Ben Carr and PGA Tour player Russell Henley working on their games as well. Special thanks to Brian Stubbs, as always, for the hospitality. So many great people at the Country Club of Columbus can't wait to return for another visit in the near future. My next stop, well, if you follow the back of the range on Instagram, you'll see that I made a stop over to Mercer University yesterday to visit with the men's team in Macon, Georgia. Got to see head coach Jason Payne, get a little tour of the campus. They actually invited me out to tee it up with them at the Brickyard, one of the local clubs that supports the team and allows them to practice. Pretty casual day for the team since they are heading out today to their final collegiate event of the year at Daniel Island Club in South Carolina. But I hit a few shots with the boys. Actually, all of them were overshadowed by Coach Payne's son, Harris, who I think you'll be seeing a lot of when he starts playing college golf in the next seven or eight years. Tons of game, talks a lot of smack. Apparently, uh, his only downfall is trying to balance multiple girlfriends, which I guess can be tough for a 10-year-old. But if he stays focused on golf, I think he might have a good shot. Again, thanks to Coach Payne for a great day and letting me tag along with one of their practice sessions. Now, I have a few more stops here in Atlanta before heading back home to South Florida. Once I get home, I'll be preparing for the Devil's Elbow Invitational in the Dominican Republic. For those of you that think that I have the greatest job in the world, the content that I create at the Punta Cana Resort and Club will confirm that belief. Just remember, though, it was 44 degrees and raining at the Big 12 Conference Championship last April, and I was there as well. So you got to take a little bit of the bad and remember that some pretty good spots are on the horizon. And this will definitely be one of them. So make sure you're following Devil's Elbow Golf on Instagram, as well as the Back of the Range on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Lots of content will be coming your way from the Devil's Elbow. Now, my guest on this episode is no stranger to the back of the range. It's Ludwig Ober. Last season was his final year of college golf at Texas Tech, where he swept all three National Player of the Year awards, the Hogan, the Nicholas, and especially the Haskins Award. He became just the seventh player all-time to accomplish that feat. And by finishing atop the PGA Tour U rankings at the end of the season, he locked up a PGA Tour card. What happened next? Well... In less than 100 days of being a professional, he won the Omega European Masters, stacked up a bunch of top 10s and top 20s, and got a phone call from the European Ryder Cup captain Luke Donald, informing him that his presence was requested in Italy. 
So a lot has changed in the last few months, but as you'll hear in this episode, Ludwig is pretty much the same guy, still a rookie trying to figure out how to live and travel as a professional golfer. Ludwig, good to have you again. Welcome to the back of the range. How are you? Thank you. Um, thank you for uh, for having me. I know it's been a, a while ago since I uh, last listened to uh, last was on this podcast, but uh, I know that you know me and you have had a lot of moments together on the golf course. So looking forward to chatting about that for a little bit. Yeah, this is uh, I'm making an exception in your case, man. I don't really talk to professional golfers, man. I mean, I stick yeah. with amateurs. These once they get professional, they get these big egos and all this stuff going on. I mean, just, it's just, it's just too much for me. They're the the worst. So where (laughs) we're going to get to your, uh, your, your travels in a minute, but where are you right Mm -hmm. now? Um, The life of a professional golfer, everyone assumes you're up, you're, you're somewhere at at the four seasons or you have a room at at a posh resort in in LA. (laughs) Um, Let's go ahead and break the internet and tell everyone where you're where you're at right now. Um, yes, it is not a fancy place. I'll tell you that. I am in uh, I'm in Lubbock, Texas, where I went to school. Sure. So um, I'm basically staying here for a couple of months um, until I'm moving. So me and a friend, we have a place here, and then basically hanging out. The, the best thing is that you know I know a lot of people here. I can use the team's facilities and the gym and the golf course and all that stuff. So it's really good um, and. Uh, you know, to be fair, it is kind of like my home away from home here in Lubbock. I just can't, you just can't get too far away. Are, you're still, I guess you're still practicing and hitting balls with the boys. Um, you know, I just saw them at Big 12 match play and uh, mm-hmm. you were, you were sorely missed, but uh, yeah, so I guess you're, you're kind of keeping an eye on the current crop of Red <laughs> Raiders in, in Lubbock. Um, yeah. And they're hard to get away from. I mean, that, that's a fun team. That's really is a for fun sure, team. For sure. I mean, it's, it's good people. Um, I haven't been there that much over the summer. So and obviously they're always there over the summertime. So, um, but anytime you get back and see coach Sands and, you know, coach James that are new here, it's, it's just fun to be around and um, hopefully maybe they can teach me something and I can maybe teach them a little bit as well. So we're going to talk about obviously uh, what went on at the Ryder cup and just this meteoric rise you've had as a professional and, but what are some of the things that you actually do miss about college? I mean, you spent four years at Texas Tech. I know that mm-hmm. big, big part of your, your maturation process in the game. What, I guess, in just this quick span of being a professional, what do you miss about college? Um, I think there's a lot of things that you, you miss from college. I think, obviously, it wasn't that long ago for me, but I think professional golf is a little bit different in terms of the traveling and Um, you know, you have a lot more time on your own. Um, I think the beauty of college golf is that you travel with your buddies and, you know, you spend so much time together and you, you know, you play pressure together and five subs and you just, you know, talk to each other all the time. You give each other crap all the time. And then those things, unless you have that, I guess, network around you and and pro golf is not going to be the same. Um, and, uh, and so those things are a little bit different. Like you, you go out to dinners at night with a team and. Uh, and then whenever you're home in Lubbock, you have this great support system around you with the coaches, the, the players, the, the, ta- the staff from, you know, the whole athletics department. So that's difficult to create unless, you know, like me, I'm still living here. So I still have that, unfortunately, when I'm home. But, um, you know, I think just that whole, I guess, social uh, network around you is great to have uh, in college. I, it's always interesting when you see the the guys and the young ladies make that jump to the pro life. How much they, 
you know, yes, it's different tournaments, different golf courses, and then there's the competition aspect of it, but there's that whole mm-hmm. other piece of it off the golf course where um, it, it's completely different. You don't have things, as you said, uh, mm-hmm. you know, set up for you. So I, you know, that I'm guessing is some of the challenge. You know, the other thing that I mm-hmm. wanted to ask you about is, you know, you returned. I don't think many people realize that. You know, you you returned to Texas Tech for one final year of eligibility. You could have moved on to the professional ranks, but of course, by coming back, you look like a genius with PJ Tour U rolling out, and all of a sudden, the, <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm thinking you must have mm-hmm. uh, when that thing dropped. You're like, man, how smart am I? Uh, but yeah, you get <laughs> you get that top spot, so you get a PJ Tour card instead of having to go to Corn Ferry. But, you know, with the quality of players all over the world that are playing college golf in the United States, there's going to be players uh, that are going to have that option to leave early. You know, uh, Gordon Sargent just wrapped up his uh, accelerated so he can leave at the end of this year. And, it, and it's not just going to mm-hmm. be him. It's going to be many, many players. What else did you accomplish in that final year other than winning the awards and, and wrapping up a tour card? But what did you accomplish in that final year as far as, you know, growing as a person, as a player Mm -hmm. that prepared you to do what you've just done in, in such a short span as a professional now? Yeah, I think it's a, it's a good way to look at it. I do think, like you said, I had the chance to to go a little bit earlier, but you know, we had the conversations that to be honest, first off, I didn't feel like I was good enough um, to, to actually compete on the PGA tour that that was my aspiration. That was what I wanted to do. Um, But I do think, you know, that last year prepared me a lot for what's to come. You know, I could, you know, I could mature as a person. Like you said, I could be a little bit more efficient with my practice. I could kind of simulate my practice for a tour week. Like I had the chances to play a few of these tour events and I could test the waters a little bit. I could, you know, see what I liked and what I didn't like um, with traveling a lot, playing a lot. Um, and, And that's one of the things that, it's a big thing from college to, to pro golf too, is, is the amount of golf that you play. Um, and I think the earlier you can be okay with playing a lot more and, and you know, whether if you were in college and, and you have a week off, just go play five rounds a week or whatever. And instead of trying to rely on, Oh, I need to be fresh. I need to do this. I need to do my practice. Cause the reality is you don't really have the time for that when you're, when you're playing a tour schedule. So I think I learned a little bit from that. And then, you know, I was lucky to have good people around me and, and my coaches and both here at tech and at home um, that, you know, could help me prepare me. And then, um, you know, cause I never really felt that pressure and stress of turning pro like pro golf was always going to be there. And I made sure that I wanted to enjoy my time here. And, and then uh, luckily I played quite well in my last year. And then that kind of propelled me to, to, uh, to do what I've done. Yeah. So a few things I'm taking away from what you just said. First off is you have to get comfortable playing when maybe you, A, don't want to or may not have your mm-hmm. best stuff. Is that kind of what you're saying? I would I would say so because, I mean, since I turned pro, I've had two stretches. So the first from the moment, from the first week that I turned pro, I played, I think, nine out of 11 weeks in a row yeah which i've never done that before (laughs) and then (laughs) and then i took two weeks off and then i played six out of eight so i've never done that before either so i just think there's a lot of things that showed up for me with you know the way that my swing started to feel like and and you know okay how am i going to do my physical practice my 
workouts and am I going to do that on Tuesdays or Mondays or Wednesdays or do I like to do that during the tournament days or how, how would I like to play my practice rounds and, and those things and basically you play I mean if you play the weekend you play four tournament rounds of golf yeah. plus two practice rounds and that's six rounds a week plus a travel day so it's a lot more than it was in college which I, I love it though uh, but it's just a little bit of a change and I think the earlier you can get used to that and simulate that I think it, it could be helpful yeah and you got to mentally wrap your head around the fact like i'm tired i've i've played practice rounds i i'm mm-hmm. i really you know I, I love what i'm doing this is great but man i'd love to just put my feet up for just a day and just get away from yeah. this and you just can because you're mm-hmm. and, and so how i guess yeah it's just a fascinating thing like i'm tired but i i'm also able to shoot 65 like, do you just mm-hmm. completely try and zone out so that you don't think about the alternative of what you could be doing? Um, I think so. I mean, I think you have to be very efficient when you're on the golf course. Sure. Um, if you have a practice day, you don't like you get there, you do your stuff and then you leave basically. And then, you know, at first, the first couple of tournaments, I almost felt guilty if I went home early from the yeah. golf course. Okay. Cause I mean, you have all the stuff there, you have the range, you have the, Right. You know, great balls on the range. You have the unbelievable putting facilities and chipping and, and whatnot. And but you know, for me, it was more like, okay, you have to leave at two thirty or sure. whatever, because you need to make sure to take care of your body and your mind. Because um, when you know you're traveling for nine weeks, it's it's pretty difficult to be efficient all the time. But I try to do that. Um, but I'm still learning. I'm still trying to figure out what I like and what I don't like. But it's uh, it was a bit of a change for me. Yes. That's crazy. Well, you, you know, you move up a level. I'm also, you know, I'm also kind of thinking to myself, you know, no matter who you are, you move from junior golf to college or, you know, maybe mm-hmm. you qualify for your first USAM or you're in the first final pairing, uh, you know, for, you're in a final pairing for the first time, move up the natural tendency mm-hmm. to think is, you know, am I ready? You know, do I belong? You just mentioned that you didn't think you were ready and that's why you went back for one more year at Texas Tech. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how how did you manage all the noise of everyone kind of anointing you as this big new phenom in golf? How did you manage all this noise and focus on performing at your best ability? Because it's, it's just natural. Whenever you move up a level, you're like, all right, I guess I'm here now. Is this real? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it was. And, and, you know, to be fair, I could feel that as well um, whenever I did turn pro because obviously – you know, the PG2U is, is an unbelievable program that, and the opportunity that they've given me is, is like, I'm always going to be in debt to them, but you could also feel like this, ah, shit, like I need to, I need to go out and play well. Time to go to work. I can't just go out and <laughs> I can't just show up. Um, so I could definitely feel that, but you know, the one thing that I like is that, you know, luckily it's golf and, and golf is what I know and, and that's what I'm good at. So I'm glad it's not anything else. Um, and then, you know, I have the people around me that I trust and, and we help each other. So we try to, because, you know, whenever you are in a position of playing good golf, there is going to be a lot going on around you. Like just look at whoever is the top athlete in any sport. There's going to be a lot going on Yeah, off the field, off the course, off the pitch, um, whatever you want to call it. Um, and it's just a part of it. It's a part of the sports, it's a part of being an athlete and, um, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to let it affect your behavior unless you let it to. Um, and, and I tried to just keep it to a minimum, uh, 
try to keep the friends and the family and uh, and the people around me close to me, and then set out time to do the other stuff. Um, and then once you get to the golf course, it was kind of like a relief because then you're like, oh, it's golf. Finally, yeah. it's just golf. Um, and now I can just go play and do what I like to do. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's a challenge. I'm still you know feeling that. I'm still feeling expectations from others and you know which is fine which is a part of it well you um you have a, a nice run of tournaments here in the states you know you, you i guess well in canada is i guess when you officially turned pro and then you had travelers mm-hmm. and rocket mortgage and you know some nice finishes there and then things start getting pretty darn interesting i know the whispers and and people are talking about you for the Ryder cup and then um mm-hmm. you know really win the european masters the omega european masters and you get this infamous call from captain luke donald and says that you're on the team and you know mm-hmm. one of the things that popped up when i was you know watching Ryder cup and um you know I, again we just talked about you know belonging and, and feeling that you're at the right level well I, you know first thing that popped in my mind was and, and again how did how did Luke Donald, how did the European team get you mentally in a position where you're going to perform? Because they need you to help that team. You're not picked just to kind of, mm-hmm. you know, get your feet wet and soak it in. They need you comfortable and they need you ready to contribute. And mm-hmm. how? when did that process start? I'm sure that didn't just start in Italy when you got there and they, they gave you, you know, here's some shirts and a hat and, uh, you know, play hard. I mean, when, when did the, the process start for making sure that when you were teeing it up, you were absolutely ready to go? Yeah, I do think, you know, I've, I've always, ever since I I met Luke the first time, I've, I've always felt his support. I've always felt like he, he trusts me. And I think that's very important. Um, and then we did, so let me see, it was a week before Wentworth. No, it was a Wentworth week, which was, Two weeks before Rome, um, we went on like a little trip, just a team to Rome. Um, so we played the course, we hung, we hung out. Um, we uh, let me see, sorry. Um, and then you know we we had dinners, we had these things, and then we traveled together to Wentworth. So I think that trip was very uh, important for me because I could meet all the people, I could meet all the guys, and we got to spend some time together and um, that made me feel a lot more at ease, um, I think. But, but, you know, ever since, ever since the whole process started, I've always felt Captain Donald's uh, support. I've always felt like he trusted me. And then, then, you know, he told me that I was most likely going to play a couple of more matches than I thought. Um, I figured, you know, I might play a few matches, two, three, if, if, if that was the case, great. Um, but then he said he was going to be trying to include me a lot more. And, and obviously I was over the moon for that, but yeah. you know, um, yeah. Traveling with the European Ryder cup team to Rome, uh, compare that to traveling to like a big 12 conference at Prairie <laughs> Dunes with the, uh, the red Raiders of Texas tech, other than, other than maybe the skill set of the players, it's virtually this. I mean, it's the same yeah. thing, isn't it? Uh, it's very, very close. I mean, we still talk about the same things and, you know, talk about sports, talk about other things. And the difference is they, sometimes they talk about more things than, you know, than my wallet can, Uh, 
can uh, can oh, hold so, on to. So, but, so, uh, so they're one upping you. So, they're talking about, yeah, I just <laughs> bought this McLaren and I got this. Uh, yeah, whenever they start talking about cars and jets and stuff, I'm like, okay, I don't know that. Yeah. Um, but uh, but other than that, you know, the team dynamic is really cool. The group, uh, you know, is is really cool to see. So who would be on the European team? Who would be the the board Skogan of the European Ryder Cup team. <laughs> uh, I would probably say Terrell. He's probably that guy. Okay, okay, and that's okay. absolutely hilarious. <laughs> Just now, now I'm thinking about all the other guys in the team. Let's, well, let's see. There's no Matthew Camigas. I mean, I guess you would be that mm-hmm. person because you'd be the rookie. Yeah. But um, yeah, probably me or maybe Nikolai. Yeah, maybe Nikolai. Wow. Yeah. Any, uh, any, now you did great on the, on the golf course, obviously went, uh, played in a lot of matches and, and picked up a couple points with, uh, with Hovland. Um, any, any rookie mistakes off of the golf course? You know, I, I spent some time with the U S Walker cup team over in St. Andrews mm-hmm. and, and I have no problem outing them cause it's common knowledge, but Caleb Surratt and Ben James couldn't find the right outfit on most days, apparently. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I'm guessing there's if they, if they can't figure that out. I mean, there there's probably mm-hmm. a lot of complication on your end too. There's a lot of outfits, a lot of different color schemes. Did yeah. you did you have a rookie moment um, at the Ryder Cup? Um, not not to be to be honest. I mean, I was nervous about that. I was I was afraid <laughs> to mess up with right just showing up with the wrong hat or showing up with the wrong shirt or something like that. But. I went pretty clean all week, actually. Um, I left my quad a few times over there and uh, had to go get it. But other than that, it was quite good, actually. All right. Well, that's uh, that's that that is probably the the biggest challenge is all the off the golf yeah, course obligations seriously. and things like that. You spent a lot of time in that team room. There's probably no way to truly understand the importance of the Ryder Cup to the Europeans unless you're actually now part of the history, which you are. I know mm-hmm. you've grown up watching the Ryder Cup, but did that hit you? I mean, the the, the locker mm-hmm. for Seve uh, stories and just it just means more apparently to the European team, I think, just with with their history than maybe mm-hmm. the the current crop of of Americans. Did that impress upon you at some point? Oh, absolutely. I think that was my my biggest takeaway. I think uh, from that week is how much it really means, and I think you know. Luke made a great job of building that team and making sure that everyone was aware of that. Um, you know, he included old vice captains. I think the biggest, the coolest part for me was when Jose Maria Olasabo was start talking about old, old stories from when he played and yeah. included Seve and a lot of those stories. And, you know, that's when it hit me that it's pretty cool. Like it's really cool. And I know that we spoke about it and, you know, it's almost like, we have to to make sure that legacy lives on as a player, as a current player, and as you know, for the guys that comes after us too. But you feel that almost responsibility of, of you know leaving or keeping the torch and and making sure that everyone remember who came before you. And and I think that to me is what I love about not the Ryder Cup but golf in general. Like I think that's so cool with the history and all these things that have happened before. And um, it's really, really cool. I, I feel anytime that, that uh, Olafable starts talking to a group, someone's going to start crying and it may just be him. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's gotta yeah. be, there's Seriously. no, there's no way. Yeah. 
it's unbelievable. Yeah, I I can't even fathom just just him telling stories or just talking about it. Um, you play this. Uh, you're you're in the morning session on Friday. You're paired with Hovland. You defeat Homa and <clears throat> excuse me. You beat Homa and you beat Harmon four and three. I can't imagine anyone that team wouldn't want you as a partner with your accuracy and just you know. I mean, you're you're probably a dream partner in a foursomes uh, session. You know, from the outside looking in, you would think, okay, maybe they're going to put you with uh, with a veteran with a little more experience, like you know McElroy or maybe Justin Rose or Lowry. But they put mm-hmm. you with Hovland, so it, it's really just his second time. How did how did the mm-hmm. partnership with with Hovland come to be? Um, and, and I know it's not, honest, and I know it's it, not. You guys are talking about Spotify playlists. I mean, I put that. We know that. We know <laughs> no, that's very different. We know that's not very, a thing. I, I saw that uh, they did that video piece where everyone was listening to his music, and yeah, you, you did oh well. You're gosh. like, yeah, you're like, yeah, no, no, turn it off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So we basically, when we did that team trip uh, a couple of weeks prior, we we played together. We hung out and. Um, we were talking about, you know, potential pairings and who that I would love to play with and who I didn't want to play with. Um, and, you know, obviously who was, who wouldn't want to play with Victor? He's obviously one of the best players in the world. And, um, I would love to be, you know, uh, his, his partner. So, um, and then, you know, we can, we can kind of speak the same language and there's a little bit of that comfort in the middle of the chaos, I guess. Um, and uh and then yeah we you know i think i felt like we got along great uh we played together at Wentworth as well so i think that was kind of smart by luke to make us spend some time more time together and, and get to know each other a little bit better and then once uh once tournament day started it was pretty clear that you know we would we would play together were you a little bit disappointed now i believe that he he let off on the first hole didn't he he did. Yeah. yeah. So did. Were, you, were you a little disappointed that you weren't able to hit that first shot or were you, were you okay uh, letting him do that? It was a little bit of both. Uh, <laughs> oh, I really would love to hit that tee shot, but you know, the stats that, because everything, you know, Dodo Molinari did a great job. Yeah. kind of, you know, making everything pretty stats oriented and what the numbers were behind it. And it made sense for him to tee off on the first, which was okay. I was okay with that, but yeah. To be fair, I would have loved to hit that tee shot. Well, you'll you'll have many more opportunities like that in the future. Um, I'm not going to take you through every single match, uh, but you know the one that I definitely uh, well. First of all, Friday afternoon you sit and um, mm-hmm. it's the only session. I mean, you played four sessions, and I, I think uh, I think I talked to Ben James about this with Walker Cup because he sat during a session. It gives you an opportunity yeah. to actually like, okay, I don't need to hit any more shots today. I got a point for my team. I can yeah. actually sit back and watch this like a fan. Yeah. And yeah. F- for you, I'm guessing that must have been the best of both worlds. Like I'm inside the ropes. Yeah. I just got my team a point. Now I can just kind of nerd out and watch the the best golf event in, in the world right yeah. now. Where did you go and yeah. what did you do? Um, so I think right after the first match, uh, Dodo said, Hey, you're not playing. Um, and <laughs> thanks for like, the okay, point. Sure. You're not it's playing. Fine. Yeah. You're yeah. Done. yeah. <laughs> okay. That's fine. Fair enough. Um, so we did, we just had some lunch. I remember I did some practice, um, just to, you know, keep me fresh. And then sure. I went out and watched, I remember I watched Nikolai and John and just thinking to myself, Jesus Christ, John is good. <laughs> the shots that he hit was unbelievable. Um, and uh, and it was a joy to watch. And you can kind of just sit in the cart and help the guys if they wanted water, if they wanted to eat. And 
kind of like college, just being a good teammate. Um, yeah, just like and, college. Yeah, just you know. getting Gatorades for McElroy and Rom. Just like, <laughs> sure, okay. Yeah, yeah. Can, can um, I can I get and, you and, can I get you some cookies, Mister McElroy? <laughs> some white bread and cooks and chips. Uh huh. Um, and then and then yeah, we just kind of went in between some groups and and made sure that everyone's doing okay, and then obviously got to watch some pretty good golf too. The next morning, um, Saturday morning foursomes, you're with Hovland again, go, going up against Scheffler and Kepka. Um, mm-hmm. I had to run to the grocery store to uh, to get a snack, uh, to get some breakfast, and I was gone for about 20 minutes, and the match was over. Um, you beat him nine and seven. I don't know what happened. Um, uh, me neither. Yeah, exactly. Uh, largest winning margin in an 18-hole Ryder Cup match. We all have been there. Uh, you know, you play golf long enough. You're playing in a match. You know, you want to keep someone down. If you get one up, you want to get two up. You want to get three up. You, you don't let them up. Mm-hmm. Okay, sure. That's that's great. But at some point, did you and Victor just kind of look at each other and be like, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, yeah, we are we just winning every hole here? Like, what 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 is happening right now? Yeah. Yeah. No, it was uh... – it was one of them. I don't even know. Um, I mean, I felt like me and Victor, we played great. Um, oh, yeah. We, played, we, you know, we didn't make any mistakes. We hit the greens, we hit the fairways, we made some putts, and and then it just kind of snowballed. I mean, I think we did a great job of, like you said, keeping the foot on the gas and not letting them in, um, which is very easy to do when you're four, five, six up. Sure. Um, but we just kept going, kept going, and kept playing. Um, but, yeah, I remember – I think we were walking up 10 or something like that. And they missed a green and we were kind of like looking at each other, like what is going on next year? Like, I don't even know. Um, Cause I mean, he's a, he's a five time major champion. It was world number one at the time. Uh, I think he still is. So it's like some really good golfers. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's just one of them where it was just one of them days really. Did anyone on the team, when they saw you guys coming in, not, you know, not hitting any more golf shots where they're just like, what are you guys lost? Like what happened? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can't remember who it was behind us, but I mean, we finished on 11, which I've never done in match play. Um, <laughs> and the group behind us were coming up <laughs> and you kind of like, look at the confusion in their face. Like what, what, what's going on? Yeah, we're done. We're uh, going to take a little break. Yeah. Yeah. So we just, you know, went inside, had some lunch, got some treatment, and, and you, had know. Some, you had some brunch. Actually, it wasn't lunch; it was just brunch. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it was. I mean, it was so cool. It was unbelievable to be a part of, and it's uh, something that I'll never forget. Players on either side that you, uh, you know, again, you just mentioned John Rom. Um, other guys, I mean, just being able to just hit balls or just talk shop, you know, talk about different short game shots or talk about anything mm-hmm. i mean you had kind of been a kid in a candy store yeah i'm playing on the Ryder cup sure, team yeah. but who are you who are you kind of getting next to and trying to learn as much as you can from i was fortunate to spend a lot of time with victor um when we played together all these rounds and play practice rounds together and um you know i tried to try to be around rory as much as i could too because he's the one player um that is just different when he hits the ball like the sound the height the noise the compression is just very different uh it's the first time that i've experienced that uh, so obviously try to be around him as much as i can and but it's just you know like you said it's just a joy to be around and you know i'm i'm still you know their biggest fans like yeah. it's, that's not going to change uh just because i've played on a team with them but 
Um, it's not that long ago I was watching it on TV as well. So um, it was just a really cool experience for me and, and, you know, to be around them and to try to learn as much as I could, really. I think I, I did the math and it, it's kind of hard to, to pinpoint it exactly, but it's basically <laughs> about 100 days you've been a professional golfer. Well, actually, no. Uh, yeah, up until the Ryder Cup, I think, um, you know, RBC is when you played your first pro tournament and then, then Ryder Cup. Mm-hmm. It's about 100 days. Damn. It's crazy when you think about it like that. Yeah. And, you know, just, yeah, it's like, <laughs> okay, no, no big deal. And just now you're you're just kind of <laughs> crashing. You're crashing for a few months in Lubbock. You're going to go down to Tallahassee and, you know, you know, room there. And then you're off to the races. Yeah. Now, I, I know that everyone is wanting to hear, you know, tons of stories about the celebration and, you know, who is up the latest. I, I, I mm-hmm. guess the best the best way I can ask this question is, in the future, if one of the, your European Ryder Cup players at a tournament says, hey, come on in, we're just going to have a couple drinks, who is the person <laughs> you don't trust if he says that? Um, I think Shane and Chill are my favorites. Shane and Terrell. Hilarious. Yeah, absolutely hilarious. Can't be trusted. No. Perfect. So funny. See? So funny. See, ask it in a way where you know you don't have to out anyone. We're talking about some hypothetical <laughs> thing in the future. Um, right. What uh what are you looking forward to for uh, the rest of this year? I know you got uh, a few more tournaments. I know you're trying to get uh, kind of get settled, everything. Um, what, mm-hmm. what do you look, what, what's on the agenda for the next, uh, you know, few months before, you know, obviously before Hawaii and the, and the, the relaunch of the BJ tour schedule. Yeah. Um, I think, so I'll be playing two more events on the tour, on the PGA tour this fall. Uh, I'll play Cabo and I'll play RSM. So obviously looking forward to those. Um, and then I'm honestly kind of looking forward to some downtime as well. Yeah. Um, I'll move to Tallahassee, move in with Vincent and, uh, and try to get settled there and he'll be my landlord for a little bit. Um, and then I, I'm go- actually going over to going back to Europe for Christmas, obviously, and going to watch, uh, Liverpool Man United as well. So that's like, I've circled that date in my calendar. <laughs> I cannot wait for it. Um, and then, uh, going back to Sweden for a few days too. Sounds like you got some good, uh, some good things planned. Um, I think so. Yeah. And RSM, maybe I'll pop up for RSM. You're, I mean, as, a, as well, we got a Jones Cup champion in the field. I mean, you got you. That's right. And, uh, and David Ford's in the field. So he got, he has his okay. exemption. Um, yeah. Trying to think who Absolutely. else is going to be in there. By the way, Not what sure. I think the Big 12 conference that you won last year, that weather mm-hmm. I think is probably worse than the Jones Cup weather, wouldn't you say? <laughs> yeah. If, uh, if, yeah, it was awful. It was terrible. To be fair, we got kind of lucky though. We didn't get that much rain at Prairie Dunes this That's year. true. I remember, I remember we were looking at the forecast and we're like, yeah, it's going to be an absolute shit show. But <laughs> we actually got lucky. I don't know how it missed us. But, and then we're doing the afterwards where we're doing the pride ceremony. That's when it started raining. Uh-huh. So, yep. I do think we got a little bit lucky, even though it wasn't pretty. But, uh, I also do remember my Joe's Cup year and it was absolutely shocking i remember i've ever liked that at there at prairie dunes i think i i can't remember who you're talking to but i remember you saying hey this is the last time i'm gonna have to play 36 holes and carry my own bag hey this is the last time i'm gonna be doing a van yeah. ride like you I, you yeah. know i've always said like you know people ask me like who's who's the 
the guy, you know, the, the can't miss guy who's coming out. And I said, well, there's a lot of good talent, but the one guy that, uh-huh. that has his, I've always said that this about you, like, you know, there's a lot of guys that, you know, they, they're talking about their exemptions or their agent or their NIL stuff. I'm like, you know, uh-huh. Ludwig was always focused on where he was and he was at Texas tech and that's all he cared about. But it was always funny during that tournament. I was like, all right, I think he's about ready to leave. <laughs> he's, he, I mean, he's, yeah. here for, he's here for his boys. Like he's, he wants to win big 12. Sure, he's yeah. here, but yeah, he's, he, I've never heard that before. He was like, Hey, last time I'm getting a trolley. So <laughs> yeah, it was true. It was true. I haven't seen a trolley since. So and, uh, I wasn't lying. Yeah, and your guys actually did uh, remind me of Big 12 match play that I, I allegedly broke one of their trolleys at the Valspar. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah, they reminded me about that. So Did they? Yeah, they They're did. still talking about that? I exa- See, that's where I'm at, too. I'm like, really? We're still doing this? Why, why, it's, it's such a long time ago. Though. Exactly. See, you, you live, you grow up, you move on. That's what they should be doing. Right. And I mean, I don't know how it how it is this fall, but I mean, last year it was basically just me and Callum who uses the cart or the trolley. Yeah, I think. Um, well, is someone else doing it too. Well, you know, it's hard for me to tell because you know the only tournament I've, I've seen them at is that Big Twelve. Oh, it's the Big Twelve, and it's yeah. the carts. So, but, yeah. But I'll be seeing them at the Valspar Collegiate in uh, March, so I'll I'll see them there. Yeah, we'll and, see them uh, there. Yeah. By the way, how much fun would it be to do foursomes in Big Twelve match play? Foursomes in Big Twelve, yes. That that yeah, that tournament needs, yeah. Because I mean, it's I think it's a great event. Like I absolutely love it because it's a different dynamic. You play with your teammate, yeah, um, and and you get head head to head. Like I love it. But wouldn't it be a little bit more fun if you do like because there's five matches right? Yeah. In every session, if you do maybe one or two foursomes. That way, the coaches can bring more players. You can bring your, I guess, seventh and eighth guy as well. And there's a little bit more strategy in how you make up the team and how you team up the guys. And and then it's just more fun for the players too. I, I agree. I with don't you. know who I'm supposed to send an email to, but I I'll can. I'll it. get you. Yeah, I'll get you that information so you can lodge <laughs> a formal complaint and uh, and get that done. It's not. It's not a complaint. It's not a complaint. Then it's more of a. Suggestion. suggestion. It's suggest exactly. Yes. Well, I, I kind of agree with you. I think it's it's a great concept. I mean, SEC has it too. Um, it's a great concept yeah. to get a little bit of match play in the fall. But then, you know, I'm not sure if you've heard, but there's a slight issue with rankings right now in college golf. Um, okay. I'm not sure if you've heard about that, but um, if you want to Google. Not too much to do oh, Okay. Well you, well, you know what? You you got out at the right time, my friend. Because, <laughs> um, yeah, so there's there's the, there's win-loss records. There's there's okay. rankings. There's all that stuff. I don't know how you – I don't know how you do it. Um, I think there should be a, definitely a match play component um, I think that would be great. Right. But yeah, I think five singles matches is a little dull. I'll be honest with you. I think it spices it up a little bit if you if you add something to it. Yeah, add something different. You know, no, I agree with you. I think yeah. I think something. Um, yeah, because I think Houston Oaks is the absolute perfect golf course for that event too. Oh, Houston Oaks is great. It's it's, um, it's great. And if you add if you add a little bit of some different component, I think it'd be fun for everyone involved. Including the coaches. I, I wish eighteen was just a little more drivable. Oh eighteen yes. it the only thing about it is even if you can reach, 
Um, yeah. There's, I don't know any way you can really hold that green. Yeah. So Maybe you can make, build a little bit more of a bigger backstop. Yeah. Or like a collection bowl. So if you do drive it, it doesn't run over the car path and down in the trees. Um, that's a good one actually 18 yeah 18 would be yeah because i mean you guys have the length to get close to to going for it but i don't know if it really mm-hmm. rewards you i mean uh i don't think so yeah maybe if it was like 300 to the front yeah yeah or something like that it would be more Anyways. what what tournaments are you looking forward to playing in i mean this is really going to be like your first full calendar year as a pro um, i mean yeah, I mean, do you want to come see me at Augusta, or you, do you have? I mean, you want you want to swing on by? I would yeah, we, I would love to. We can get an Airbnb if, if, if you, you want. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, sure, we do that. I, sure, I would love to play. Um, I don't, I don't know. I think obviously you want to play the big tournaments. Sure. Um, at the moment, I'm not even in the big tournaments, so <laughs> I can't really speak for them. Um, but. The one tournament that I'm really looking forward to is uh, is Colonial, uh, Fort Worth. Okay. I I absolutely cannot wait for that one. Um, I think the the renovations they're doing is going to be great. Um, I haven't seen it. I've just heard stories about how it's going to be. Um, and then I just love Colonial. I love the area. Um, I love the people there, and, and you know it'd be really cool to play a tour event on that. Yeah, that's a place that I would imagine. That's a place I'd imagine you could just tear up because you just with your accuracy and and. I, I mean, the golf course is is probably one of my favorites because it's so simple, yeah. but it's still hard. Yeah. Um, and it's did the test of time. It's an old golf course, but it's still really difficult. And um, I just like you know the straightforward holes. You got three, four, five, which are really hard, and then a few easier ones. And I don't know. It's just one of my favorite places well sir uh a hundred days well and it, and you ended up here well you know <laughs> these things happen um congrats on your yeah. uh, your success it was a lot of fun it was a lot of fun watching uh you and a Ryder cup on tv i i was every once in a while i was shaking my head i'm like i can't believe that guy's there right now um so you're saying you're a little bit of a european fan I was listen, listen. I I was rooting for you to to do well, <laughs> and you. and I was rooting for. Um, actually, I I think what's funny is, um, the only two people that have from either uh, Ryder Cup team, believe it or not, I just realized this. The only two people from either Ryder Cup team that have been on the back of the range. Oh, that's mm-hmm. not true. Morikawa was on. Hovland was on. You were on. I think those okay. are the only three. Yeah. So I mean, that's a no. I, that's I, an I, advantage. I I wanted yeah. to, I wanted to <clears throat> I know I wanted to see uh, you know that whole thing. We didn't get into all the nonsense that was going on. You fortunately were able to true. play golf during all that. I was really, <laughs> I yeah I know you you were busy thank God. But I the, all that nonsense I just was like. Really? We just, yeah. I don't know. But, Fair enough. And, I, yeah. and, I'm, and I'm guessing there's going to be some nonsense in New York in a couple of years, too. I would think so. <laughs> Maybe even a little bit more. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, all right, my friend. Uh, go uh, go enjoy the, the rest of your fall. Uh, enjoy some downtime. Absolutely. And do. I, will, uh, I will see you uh, down the road, perhaps uh, perhaps at the RSM, perhaps at, uh, yeah. at the Masters. We'll have to see Absolutely. Thanks for for stopping by. Thank you. Thanks, Ben. And there you have it. Special thanks to Ludwig Ober for joining me on this episode here at the Back of the Range. 
Don't forget, follow along on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Every episode is available at thebackoftherange.com. We'll see you next time here at the Back of the Range.